Thank you, Brandon. Brandon, uh, if you haven't had a chance to meet Brandon, his family, um, I want you to take that opportunity. He's up front, and, and you know, you, you don't have an excuse now. You come up, and you know his name. You could just tell him your name and, and uh, appreciate his coming and being a part of this morning. Uh, of course, Eric and family are, are still uh, away, and with their family, uh, he'll, they'll be back throughout this next week. But uh, Brandon has stepped up, and I appreciate that very much. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yay! couple new songs, actually. A couple new songs I think we sang. So one, one new song. I was familiar with two. Oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> so I appreciate that, man. Love, love that. Uh, uh, our kids, right? Our kids are still going down, even though it's low in number. Our, our kids are still going downstairs. Elementary age, meeting up here. Three, four, and five-year-olds towards the back. And have you guys gather and, and uh, head, head to your place for your lesson, and, and then we'll, we'll get started with ours. As the kids are gathering, I want to just prepare you. Uh, prepare, be prepared for an inspection, okay? Be prepared for an inspection. I know this makes you say, oh, I'm so glad I got out in this real cold weather. And, and if you're at home and watching on streaming, you're thinking, oh, good, I'm glad we're not here. But yeah, we're going to do an inspection. We're going to lead towards that this morning. That's, man, that's, that's kind of grind your teeth kind of thing. I know military, man, you're so aware of inspections. A lot of businesses, you'll say, man, we're going to have an inspection or we're going to do a review of, of, of everybody and, and the work that's being done here. Uh, it's not something we would want to run to, right, inspections, but how necessary are they? Uh, through, through inspection, we have the opportunity to sharpen. Or, are, are we accomplishing why we exist or what, what we're supposed to be accomplishing, and are we doing well at that? How, how can we do a better job with that? See, the imagery in, in Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, chapters 1, 2, 3 sets up, chapter 1 sets up, for an inspection over some churches in chapters 2 and 3, okay? And, and uh, here at the beginning of the year, I, I think it's important for us to look and consider the image of this inspection that's being set up in chapter 1. I, I do encourage you to read it. I'm not going to read it this morning uh, for the sake of time, but in, in the, the beginning, we're, we're seeing John, and he's, he's given this vision, he's given this revelation, and, and in, in one of the visions, the beginning vision, he sees these seven golden lampstands. And each of these lampstands represents the churches that, that this individual is going to address. The individual, man, he's laid out in this description uh, in the passage. Again, I encourage you to read it. That the individual that's going to do the inspection, it's, when I say we're going to do an inspection, it's not me doing, you know, going to do the review and the looking at over everyone. In this inspection in chapter 1, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. I will read verse, the, the second part of verse 17 and 18 where it clearly identifies Jesus with these words. Uh, he, he is the one who speaks and says, do not be afraid. I am the first and I am the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. That's the, that, that is a, a huge clue who's doing the inspection. Well, who was dead, and now who's alive forever and ever? Jesus. <laughs> Man, that, that's foundational to our beliefs, who Jesus, boy, he died upon that cross, which we celebrate, but absolutely, he rose never to die again. 
to, to rise, rise into eternity, uh, for eternal. Um, when we're looking at this, when we think about this inspection, uh, Jesus is looking over us. And, and so as we go through chapter 2 and 3, these seven churches are laid out uh, in, in these two chapters. And, and Jesus lays out, well, you know, hey, is there some good things, is some difficulties, and what needs to be done? So along with that, I, I think it ought to be our heart that says, Lord, where are we? How, where are we in this examination? Where are we when, when we're under inspection? When, when, what are the things that we need to consider that we as believers, because we don't want to be just a church identified as a church everybody expects in the world. We don't, we don't even want to match our own expectations. Guess what? We want to expect, we, we want to live his expectations for the church. And, and so as he's going through this, and, and we see some identify, maybe some identifiable, identifiable good things, are there some things that we as a church need to be aware of and to take action for? So, so here we are. Chapter 2, the first seven verses is what we're going to read. This is the church in Ephesus. We're really familiar with that in that Paul wrote a book to the, uh, or wrote a, a letter to the church in Ephesus. So it's identical. It's that same church in Ephesus. Chapter 2, verse 1. Here's, here's the word. It says, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write these words. These are the words of him who, who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So far so good for Ephesus, right? Verse 4, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is, the, which is in the paradise of God. I want to go directly. In, in, in this passage, in this letter, we see a, a, a few things that are very positive that, that's happening within the Ephesian church, but there's definitely one identifying thing that's happening that actually has the threat of removing that golden uh, lampstand from the presence of that church. I, I think that that is a huge threat. I want you to understand the threat of removing the lampstand. Let's look at that first. What does this lampstand represent? Uh, light, absolutely light. light. The idea it's a lampstand and probably several candles on it represents kind of Old Testament. Uh, you know, when there was a lampstand that was in the, in the, within the temple and it was always lit. And, and, and so light was important in the Old Testament, but definitely important in the New Testament. When Jesus, Jesus came into this world, what did he say? 
he came and he said, I am the light. I am the light. And what did, what did that exactly mean? I believe, uh, and, and, and it's, it's very clear that that light is that divine presence of God. When Jesus came into this world, he brought with him the divine presence of God. He, he brought light into a dark world. And, and not only that, but he also, in Matthew chapter 5, when he was speaking to, to people who were believers or, or wanting to be followers, what did he say to them? Again, in Matthew chapter 5, he said, you are the light of the world. Later on in verse 16, he said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Why? And glorify your Father in heaven. See, this activity of light is is within us. That's the opportunity. I would even say privilege of being the church. We get to be bearers of that light. Therefore, you know, that that, that candle, the the importance of that uh, uh, lampstand representing every church. We have the opportunity to shine God's light in this world. And the threat of removal, the threat of removing that lampstand, how significant is that? What's he removing? He really is removing the very reason for our existence. It is a serious threat. He's removing the very very reason for our existence. If he's going to remove the lampstand from the church in Ephesus, he, he removes the reason for them to continue on, lock the doors, go home. I, so I think it's very serious that we look and, and understand, you know, and, and the, the question that I want to present to you this morning, you know, what is it that, that's going to continue to light the candles? Or, or as a church, as a church, what will keep our light burning? What is it that will keep our light burning? Now, again, there's some good things that he goes, and, and, and even after the good things, he says, it, it, none of the good things will keep that light burning. So let's look at that first of all. Uh, is it hard work for God's kingdom that keeps the light burning? Is it, is it the good deeds? Because here's what, here's what Jesus commended the Ephesians for. It was for their good works and for your good deeds. And, and they had to be, it doesn't go into detail. I, I think it does in some ways. But, but it, it says because he knows of your good deeds, you know, that's something to be commended. Now, the Ephesians knew what good deeds, they were actually a, a creation of God. Ephesians 2.10, here's what Paul told him. He said, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Hey, th- the Ephesians are saying, we are created through Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, man, that would seem to be foundational is the good deeds that's going on. It was happening in Ephesus, probably amongst anyone who had need. They were, they were helping each other out. They were serving each other. And, and as well as in the community, these good deeds, deeds were outward. And I, I think the same thing happens here. Man, as someone within the congregation, we make that known. I, numerous times we've stepped up to help assist uh, people who are in need. And the community, I see, I see that growing, uh, a, a desire to, to, to step up in our community to serve. We do that service Sunday in September, and, and that's, that really is, is instrumental in just saying, this is what the church ought to be doing. It's, it's kind of not just the focus on that day, but man, we ought to do this all the time. 
serve our, our neighbors and, and those that, who are in need in our community. Uh, some good deeds were going on. I, we have that. Matter of fact, part of our fostering the family of God ought to be encouraging us to be involved in, in good works. And good works as a result of what Jesus has done for us through his sacrifice, right? It ought to be a part of us. Now, if we looked at a church and we saw that and we identified them, man, that church is so involved in the community in helping and, and so involved in each other and, and they're helping each other out, we would be surprised to hear that they were in danger of having that lampstand removed. Wouldn't we be shocked by that? We've known, we know not just ourselves, but there's other churches in the community doing great things within the community and, and serving. And we would be so shocked to hear that they were in danger of having their lampstand removed. It, it wasn't good enough for the Ephesians, and it's not good enough for us as well. Not, not just good works, okay? Number two, is it opposing wickedness? Is another way that means to, by, by keeping our, our light lit and our, our candle stand there, is it opposing wickedness? In verse, uh, verse 2, it says, they cannot tolerate wicked people. Jesus saw within the Ephesian church their stance for truth and righteousness. This is kind of laid out in this passage. First of all, truth. They stood for truth. It said there, uh, Jesus said that they tested those who claimed to be apostles but are not. The apostles were very significant people for the beginning of the church. And people who were claiming to be apostles, obviously they were doing some teaching, some leading. So how did, how did the... How do they test? Uh, considering the gospel or maybe what is being written or even, even the Old Testament scriptures to measure and say, okay, is, is what they are saying aligned with the scriptures? That's one way to test, but also the action of the apostles. You know, how are they conducting themselves? Are they conducting themselves in, in the way of what scriptures laid out? So there's ways uh, to test. You know, I would say this is one of our strengths. And, and it would be seeking to honor God's word. Isn't that right? Uh, encouraging you continuously. Pick it up and read it. Just don't wait for us on Sunday. We want you to know God's word. We want you to know God's word. It's, it's one of our encouragements. Uh, we want you to know his word. And, and matter of fact, I, I know what would happen if I came and preached a sermon and did not refer to any scripture on a Sunday morning. You all would come after me. I, I, but I expect that. Because we've come to believe that, man, if I have anything of value to say, it's going to come from his word and, and absolutely be based upon his word. Amen? Isn't that right? That, that's, absolutely, that's who we are. And I do believe that's one of our strengths. So it is uh, standing on the truth and pursuing it and knowing it. Uh, it's also in that area of righteousness. It, later on in verse 6, he commends it. He said, man, I, I definitely uh, love this about you, that you hate the practices of the Nicolaitans. Now, now, there's various different ideas about where these Nicolaitans come from. Uh, some are from a particular guy uh, with that, that name and, and, and others from, from different but, but they all come up to the same uh, conclusion uh, and, and seem to agree on this. That basically what they taught was, uh, you know, that these people, these Nicolaitans, were abusers of God's grace. They were abusers of God's grace. That means that, man, we'll take the forgiveness, 
but we're not changing anything in our life. Matter of fact, what we're going to promote is self-indulgence. You know, the things of, of greed, of, of gluttony, of, of sexual immorality. Hey, if it feels good, no restraints. Receive your forgiveness and just live this, this uh, unrighteous life. That's what they promoted. Well, they stood against that teaching. They stood against that group. Uh, man, we, we as a people, and I think the Ephesians were with it, that we, we want to honor the truth of the Scriptures. We want to honor the, the fact that, you know, and, and be careful about someone who claims to be an apostle. I think we ought to test them. Uh, there's a lot of teaching out there. We need to, to test uh, the teachings that are out there, not just take it without looking and, and considering it along with the word. Is it true? Is it right? Is it where we need to go? We need to continue to do that. But also in that idea of righteousness. We want to pursue righteousness. Now we do those things. It wasn't enough for the Ephesians. It wasn't enough for the... I mean, they were doing good things. Opposing wickedness. And yet, they still were living under the threat of having the lampstand removed. Within the scripture, that's what it says. Later on, man, that, that, that's hanging over their heads. It's not a good, good enough for the Ephesians, and it's not good enough for us. Is it, is it persevering for Jesus? In the passage, uh, especially verse 3, it says, You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and have not grown weary. Okay, so, so in, in this passage, you know, is it, is it persevering? Uh, we, we think about the things of their good deeds, Perhaps even, even taking the gospel out and declaring the gospel. Other, other things that are involved. Uh, it, it wasn't just that they committed those things. is that they persevered through those things. In, in a society that was pagan, that, that, that uh, was, was definitely unrighteous, where they lived, brought lots of conflict. And yet they stood strong. They remained in their faith. They continued in their good deeds. They also uh, continued to examine those who claimed to be apostles. They continued that. And it was through difficulties. It wasn't just they did it. It was through adversity that they, they stood for the things of righteousness. Oh, man, that seems like, man, their, their lampstand would be secure, don't you think? To, to stand for the things of righteousness and truth, don't you think that that that... that Lampstand ought to be nice and secure. But it's not. It's not. Finally, we come to that point in verse 4. And, and so it, it poses this question. Is it love for Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we know that's where he's coming from. Because he says in verse 4, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You have forsaken the love you had at first. And, and, and so we, we say, okay, man, where they started their love is, we, we have to at least say this, it's decreasing. It's not what it was. It, it's not as, as strong as it was. Man, it's waning. It's, it's becoming weaker. And, and that is a huge problem because we see love as foundational. Uh, foundational to what? Christ has done for us. Our response is to be love. It's that fruit of the Spirit, love. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 13, 
in that passage that talks uh, 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 specifically about love, here's, here's how Paul put it. And maybe this gives us an idea of why this is significant and why that lampstand could be taken away. Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. Wow. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I, if I have a faith that can move mountains, are you serious? That would seem to be, you know, lamp, lamp stand securing. He said, but if I don't have love, I gain nothing. No, excuse me. But do not have love. I am nothing. I am nothing. Verse 3, if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Do we, do, do we hear it in what Paul says, the significance, the, the foundational significance of love, the, the, the love that's, that ought to be working in us, that ought to be, a matter of fact, I think it's growing in us. Are, are we at some pinnacle and peak when we first begin our relationship with God? We receive Christ. We have the beginnings of love. I, I do believe that, that it, it's not digressing in love, that actually we ought to be growing in that love. That's why Paul in Ephesians 3 prays for these people to, to, to know the love. It, it comes into to understanding all that Jesus has done for us or all that God has done for us through Jesus. He wants you to know, man, the, the depths, the widths, the heights of that love. Why? Because that's where we become more and more like God, where, where, where love is actually working in us. Man, that's where our light begins to shine, is when, when that love is reflected in our lives. It, it is about growing in that love, not being just as we were, I do believe there's a moving forward. That's why one of the things we ought to pray for each other is that prayer we see in, in Ephesians chapter 3, praying that we come to a greater understanding of the Savior who died for us. Come to a greater understanding of the God who sent that Savior and, and who loves us so incredibly. Man, if we could only match that, right? Even in the beginnings, the Ephesians had that love at the beginning, and then it just, how, how does that go away? How, you know, I began to think, well, how does, how does love begin to go away? Well, inactivity. Inactivity. I know that if I, if I stop talking to my wife and if I stop hanging around with her and, you know, go stay some other places, I think, I think that, that love would, would just kind of you know, be waning, you know, things like that. I could see that. Inactivity could be that, you know. I don't think that's the Ephesians, though. That's not the Ephesians. They're active. So what's happening? What, what absolutely is happening with the Ephesians who are doing great things? I mean, the deeds, the, the standing against not, not tolerating wickedness, uh, and, and who are standing in their faith through all adversity, what are they doing? I, I do think it has something to do with pride. You know, man, look what we're doing. <laughs> it, it, could that possibly be a problem? Look what we're accomplishing. Look at the deeds we've been able to do feeling pretty good about ourselves. What's, what's the problem with that? Don't forget what, what, he told the, what he told the Ephesians. You know, what he said, uh, we're his workmanship. We're, we're created by him through Jesus for good works. He has done the work. 
Man, if, if God is using me for a purpose, guess what? We can't neglect the praise. Isn't that right? We can't neglect the praise. If we begin thinking, well, man, all this grace working in me, and, and we begin to neglect that praise or forget what God, where God has brought me, this sinner, this undeserving sinner, into a place of grace and mercy that I could call him my God, my, my father, and he calls me his child. If I forget that, is it possible then, then all of a sudden what happens is the things that I'm doing becomes a task. It just becomes a task. It becomes, you know, it, it, it becomes a, a, you know, an obligation that I need to complete in order that, uh, you know, I, I, I continue in church. Man, man, even coming to churches could be a, a tax, task or an obligation. Oh, man, look at the burden I'm bearing. Wow. You know, I, I, I shared Christ with someone this week, and they tossed me out, and wow, I'm suffering. And they all, yeah, how, how could we even boast about things accomplished on his behalf? It ought to come from a heart that's full of love for our God. Isn't that right? It, it, it ought to be a, a growing love that has us stretching and going further and doing more on his behalf. And it, it ought to be based upon love. Hey, listen, deeds uh, with, with the, the, based upon love is fantastic. It, 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 it causes a glow in that lamp. And, and, and where we stand for the Scripture because of love, with a basis of love, is going to cause that, that lamp's end to glow even brighter. And, and, to, and to be able to stand in the, in the face of adversity because of love, established in love, gives us a reason to, to just uh, you know, love him more and give him more praise. Man, the foundation. We can't neglect the foundation. We could be involved in all kinds of things and still be threatened with that lampstand being removed. That's, that's fearful. Now, here's the good thing. What if we've lost that love? What if we're in decline? The good news is this, is God's mercy and grace. Because he says, what does he say to do? Man, if, if, if our love is in decline, what do we do? Repent. As a matter of fact, he says, go back to your first love. Return to your first love. Go back where you started. I, I, again, I think it, from what Paul was saying, praying for their love to increase, I think our love could you know, go back to where you started and continue to grow in that love. Grow in that love. So how do we deal with this? In order to keep that lit, we cannot neglect that love. It ought to be a love where we want to go back to where it started and we want to grow into that love. How do we do that? I think we could definitely have some conversations. You know, as a church, as I said before, you know, if we're, if we're doing this examination, it's not just about what we're doing here on Sunday. What's happening in our lives all week long? You know, let's examine uh, each other. Maybe sit down and have some discussion together. But even more so, it's us individually going before the Lord and just, just praying, God, you know, I, I want you to, to, to consider me. Where, where is my love? Am, am I doing the thing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it, am I, is it obligation? Is it a task? Or am I loving you? I tell you what, if, if you're, you're getting grumpy about your task and your obligation, then that's a pretty good indication. It's more about what you're doing and not necessarily because you're loving God. 
Now, I mean, you, you could begin to consider yourself on that. Listen, important part is said at the very, towards the last. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And my question is, who's listening? <laughs> I, and I will be honest with you. When I went through this, I got to hit my knees and I have to do some repenting. Because I, I do believe there's things in my life that I've done out of obligation or task. And not out of my love for God. And I have to seriously go before God and just repent. And so thankful that I can. And, and, and then continue to pursue the kind of love that, give, that God's given to me. Uh, where are you? Oh man, there's some people doing it well. That I would, I, in my judgment, I are doing it well. But there's also a lot of us who just need to do the, take that time to hit your knees and ask for forgiveness. That we're allowing that love of God within us to, to just decrease and, and wane. And, and take things more as a task and an obligation instead of impassioned service to our God. All right. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for this idea of being examined. We know, Lord, that examination happens all the time. Lord, Jesus knows us thoroughly. He knows what we need. Matter of fact, we even need your Holy Spirit to be praying over us and on our behalf in those areas that we don't know that we even need. But Father, Lord, we're challenged this morning and in, in, in even questioning, you know, where are we in loving you as our God? Lord, I pray that our focus, our attention is upon loving you as you have loved us and, and pursuing the kind of love that you've given us. Lord, it's a, a far-reaching task and one that we could always be challenged in. So Lord, strengthen us as a, a body of believers. We pray, Father, that the, the lampstand that represents us is, is, is burning bright, that we are representing you, uh, and, and, and Lord, representing you in this dark world. Father, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus always. He is the reason for our love. He is the reason that, that we uh, uh, search your word he is the reason we, in the mornings when we wake up, we wake up to praise. And we praise you right now and thank you for this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.